Hello, hello, everyone. This is Heather. And this is Kara. And you're listening to I'm Not Complaining. I'm just asking. It's our podcast. Well, welcome to a very special watch-along episode. Uh, we will be highlighting today the Christmas classic, The Santa, Santa Claus. Claus. Released in 1994, the one-sentence description is, When a man inadvertently makes Santa fall off his roof on Christmas Eve, he finds himself magically recruited to take his place. Starring Tim Allen as Scott Calvin, a.k.a. Santa Claus, it is directed by John Paskin, written by Leo Beventi and... Stephen Rudnick, music by Michael Covatino. Now, Kara, among the other credits for this director, he was also the director for the television series Home Improvement. Makes sense. Yes. And the writers, the two writers of this film, also wrote the film Space Jam. I am a big fan of everything that you just mentioned. <laughs> it all has the same comedic rhythm. Yes. And the same style. And I love all of those films <laughs> and TV shows from the 90s. Yes. And I am a child of the 90s. And it makes sense why I would enjoy all of them. Uh, so this movie, The Santa Claus, as we said, was released in 1994. Space Jam actually came out in 1996. That was a great uh, piece Everybody of information. Everybody get up. It's time to slam now. We got a real jam going down. Welcome to the Space Jam. Here's your chance to do your dance. It's the Space Jam. Nice. All right. Um. That is not what we're talking about today. <laughs> we are talking about the Santa Claus. Uh, which, <laughs> which, by the way, the title, uh, the title graphics on screen, the Santa Claus uh, has the Santa Claus spelled in green with an extra E in red hanging off the edge. Not unlike... Home Alone, where the E is really tiny and hanging off the edge. But of course, as spoiler alert for you, those people, if you haven't seen this movie, go watch it or watch along with us. And this is yeah. the first Santa Claus of a trilogy. Yes, there are three The Santa Claus movies. Um... I... The second one is where Santa Claus has to get married. That's yes. a Santa Claus clause. Yes. And for him to stay as Santa, he has to get find it. a Mrs. Claus. Yes. And then the third one is with Martin Short, Short being Jack, Jack Frost. Frost. And he's upset because he's not the star of Christmas. And he kind of has plastic hair and eyebrows. Well, they're and not they plastic. Make... They're icicles because he's frozen. And then they... But don't they make like a robot? fake Santa. Santa. Yeah. That's I, kind of evil and he yes. destroys the workshop and Yeah, it's a whole thing. So like so I'll just say it and I'll say it now and I'll stand by it. The first Santa Claus movie is the only Santa Claus movie. I I don't recommend watching part two and three. 
Um, the sa- unlike unlike Home Alone Two, Lost in New York. No, I recommend that. Highly recommend that. That's a double Home feature. Alone Number Three, not so much. No, because it's with a different kid, and it's, no, and it's not the no. Wet Bandits or the Sticky Bandits. No, no, I don't like it at all. Um, but no offense to Martin Short, um, the Part Three. The only reason to watch Part Three is Martin Short. This movie, the original, The Santa Claus, I think it's a perfect film. It hits all the right notes, and it is the an jokes utter stand cl- up. Oh my gosh! And it's just a total and complete masterpiece. I said it. I had to seek out the single disc, mm. single film, mm-hmm. and it actually costs more than the box set, <laughs> which I was fine with because I was like, that's the only one I want. Right. Yeah. And it's funny, this particular DVD that we have, it's such an early release. D- DVD release that the bonus features actually has an interactive video game that you use the up and down buttons on your dvd remote to make santa fly wow they were really trying to it was the early days of trying to explore what the bonus feature button um should be on a dvd um i give them points for trying i i it why not they, they didn't know what they were doing yet but they did it well the dvd version of muppets christmas carol mm. Has the exact same thing. Well, it's owned by Disney. Well, they're all owned by Disney. Which I had forgotten that the Santa Claus with Tim Allen was a Disney film. Oh my goodness. How's that possible? I don't know. It seems like a universal picture, but in the last podcast, we talked extensively about how Universal Studios works with Dr. Seuss and the Grinch. Yeah. So it would make sense of why a different... Well, here's what I'll tell you. Here's what I found out. It was originally under Hollywood Pictures. And they did some test screenings and it went over so well for children and adults alike that they made the decision to actually release it under the Disney label. Wow. Because uh, apparently at the time, or perhaps even still now, I don't know, uh, Disney also owned Hollywood Pictures. That's why there's <clears throat> Disney Hollywood Studios in Florida. Maybe so. Yeah. Which also has the Muppets. So it's very similar in the fact that Disney also owned Touchstone Pictures. Um, And they would, so they had, Disney has slash had all these different studios under their umbrella that they would make the films and then depending on the genre or the audience, the target audience, they would release it under a certain name. Um, So when they did the test screenings and it went over so huge they decided okay it's going to get the disney stamp of approval and it's going to be released as an official disney film so right at the gate um they knew they had something really special 
And they were not wrong. Um, it was had a budget of $22 million and it made a box office of $190 million. It was shot entirely in Toronto, Canada. Oh. Yeah. Uh, so the stars, I mean, there's so many incredible people in this film. And this movie is the kind of movie where you cannot imagine anyone else being any of the characters. They're so perfect. Perfect. And I think uh, Tim Allen does such a great job because Tim Allen also is the voice of Buzz, Buzz Lightyear, Lightyear for Toy Story. Mm -hmm. So he ha and he is his comedic timing. He was also doing home improvement. Mm -hmm. So he already had a kid-friendly show, family-friendly show. So I think he already knew how to navigate that scene. Mm -hmm. And of course he started his career as a stand-up comedian. Right. Obviously. So he's already got the rhythm in him to, you know, come up with things on the fly. Right. And make things better. Yes. Um, but, yeah, and it was also probably pretty helpful to have the director of Home Improvement, the television show. So you already have that be, comfort level. You already have a shorthand. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And this was actually uh, Tim Allen's debut role. In movies. As a leading actor? Yes. Wow. Very first one. So it was a really big deal. And they, I saw a, a tidbit that said the opening week of this film, Tim Allen was number one at the box office. Home Improvement was number one in the ratings. And a, and a comedy novel that he had released was the number one book in America. So that was a big, it was big. Big times in the 90s. He had a great holiday, didn't he? Yes, and they released this movie at Thanksgiving. Yes. Right where you need it. Yes. Mm -hmm. Who are our other major players? So, um, of course, Tim Allen as Scott Calvin, a.k.a. Santa Claus. Eric Lloyd as Charlie. I mean, could there be a more adorable child for this role? No. His little tiny Doc Martens... <sighs> So cute. Timberlands. Oh, my God. And his little flannel shirt with oh. his little bowl cut. Yes. Uh, Wendy Cruzen as Laura, Charlie's mom, a.k.a. Scott Calvin's ex-wife. She's incredible. I love her so much. I love her fashion. Uh, Judge Reinhold as Dr. Neil. <laughs> I mean, he's incredible. Of course, everybody knows him from... Fast Times at Ridgemont High, Beverly Hills Cop, and so many other amazing things. But he really knocks it out of the park in this one. <laughs> really. Now, would he have done as well in your mind without those sweaters? The sweaters are a big part of it. A big part of it. They're, they're really incredible. They went out of their way. Do you think they went to Goodwill, or do you think they searched, like, the catacombs of the Disney wardrobe vault? I don't know where they got these sweaters. Mail away I mean, calendars? I don't think, I mean, I don't think they actually, like, had sweaters commissioned that were bad. I think they t really took their time and sought them out. Um, whether that be, 
thrift stores or I mean, but I don't know because sometimes fashion, like really, really expensive fashion, you're like, this is hideous. Why would anyone pay money for that? And I don't, so I don't know. It could go either way. It could have been, you know, a $300 sweater from Bloomingdale's. I don't know. Maybe it was like a set of different colors by one, like one designer. I don't know. Let me tell you guys, I had a really hard time finding behind the scenes tidbits for this film. I don't know why that is. Maybe just because, you know, um, it was the 90s and that was before, you know, really digging into. Like I said, the bonus features on this disc um, are a video game and um, Wolfgang Puck telling you how to bake cookies. And I'm serious. Wolfgang Puck has recipes on here to tell you how to make cookies, which I'm sure are incredible. They're probably really delicious. Probably really great. Can we also talk about Bernard? David Crumholtz is incredible as head elf Bernard. I think he does such a great job. And again, the fashion sense. I mean, he looks like he could go to Coachella or Bonnaroo today. <laughs> but how about Bernie Man? Uh, no. No, too many layers for Bernie Man. <laughs> too many layers. Um, and we have Peter Boyle as um, his boss at the toy company, which, of course, everybody knows him from Everybody Loves Raymond. And, of course, Young Frankenstein. Oh, and uh, Saturday Night Live alum Mary Gross as the school teacher for show and tell. We don't say elves. We say little people. When I first saw this as a kid, when we, I, again, I will say that this is back in the day where you went to the movies. Sure. For thanksgiving break mm -hmm. that is what you did you went on a family night out and it didn't cost a thousand dollars for you to go to the movies and get popcorn and an icy you know again i will say that we saw this film in theaters multiple times oh just like home alone so good yes absolutely and it, it, it and we watch it every holiday season and do we have the entire thing memorized? Probably. Does that take away from the enjoyment? No. no. <laughs> Not at all. Not at all. I I mean, if you came over to our house and to watch it, you might be bothered because you're like, I came to hear the movie, not you say the movie to me. <laughs> but guess what? That's what you're tuning in for today. So buckle up. But I'm, I'm stoked and I'm ready okay. to watch the Santa Claus for the first time this holiday season. Yes. And... As Heather and I said before, that we probably have this film memorized. <laughs> we'll talk about some things that pop up during the film that are iconic 1990s. Whether it's what they're wearing or a catchphrase or something that's going on in the background that's like, hold on, wait a minute. Yeah. When it's on TV... Well, I'm not changing the channel. No, we're watching the entire thing. And I don't believe they cut this for time either. Well, it's not super long. What is it, 90 minutes? It's 94 minutes yeah, long. That's a good time. It's a good time. It's a good it's time. It's a solid time. And so let's get the good times rolling. And we're going to press play. If you have your DVD or your streaming, uh, pull up the Santa Claus and press play right now. Because here we go. 
I'd also like to mention that it has the original blue Walt Disney Castle. Yes. Disney Pictures. Yeah. So we're opening to a holiday office party. Where we see a man dressed as Santa Claus, but we don't see his face. Oh, it's interesting to see that the title changed. Mm-hmm. That it has two different scripts. Now, Heather, have you ever been to a giant office party, Christmas holiday party like this? You know, um, no, I have not uh, been to an enormous, elaborate um, office holiday party like this is shown. I'll tell you what I have done. Um, I've been the door person that allows people to enter um, an elaborate holiday party where I um, stand in the doorway and I open and close and um, check people's <laughs> check people's credentials to see if they are allowed to be in the party. Um, and that's that was the extent of my involvement. Um, I It sounded like people were having a really great time, uh, but no. <laughs> and this party uh, looks pretty uh, elaborate. Um, they've got a full band. Um, they have an ice sculpture carved in the shape of a doll. And Peter Boyle, uh, head of the toy company, announces that they have had record-breaking sales from their newest uh addition to their product line do it all for you dolly which there's a nice sculpture mm-hmm. of a doll and we're all like what and so now he's he's asking for the people who were the head of the design which is scott calvin and, and susan, susan perry. perry come on up round of applause okay and so we see it's tim allen so, of course, he takes over the mic like any stand-up comedian would. I mean, see, Tim Allen looks great. He does. He Got does. Nice suit. My, and I wonder if they had him lose a, lose a lot of weight to, you know, be fit at the beginning of the movie so that it's a bigger juxtaposition of when he's fat as Santa. I, wonder. I, I do find it interesting that he's not wearing a hol- anything holiday-esque. No holiday tie or suit. And so now he's on a cell phone. Cell phone driving down a snowy freeway. There is nobody on the road, but he is screaming into the phone, talking to his ex-wife, saying he's, he's late coming to his house from the holiday party because there's way too much traffic. So they're telling you a lot of things right up front and the credit opening credits are still rolling. They're showing that he's very into business. He's not feeling the holidays. We assume he is alone for Christmas. I think it's interesting that they're using the the choir the Merry Christmas and it's Sounds exactly the same as, as the one they used in Home, Home Alone. Alone. I don't think that's a, I don't think that's a mistake. I think that's kind of, but I mean, Home Alone didn't invent that song, so you know <laughs> what I mean. But it's very close. But in it's time. showing it's showing the montage of everyone yes. being out. For okay, the holidays. We're full, he's pulling up to his house, and we see a car waiting outside, and a little boy in the back. We're going to learn that that's Charlie, his son. Okay, so we meet Charlie, his son. And we meet Laura, his ex-wife, which she 
the outfit she's wearing right now, uh, still in style today. I mean, she is fashion forward. She's incredible. Um, nails did, scarf, fabulous coat. Uh, but she's all about her son. She's carrying his pillowcase. She's got his little backpack. She brought his presents for him to open in the morning. And we see a man is still sitting in the side of the car. That's Dr. Neil. That's her new... Is Are they married? I don't... Or no. are they just seeing each other? I really don't know. Well, I don't... We, do they point, ever say? At this point in the film, we don't... We know that... I'm just realizing this right now. I, I, I assume they're married... Because they live in the same house, and it's know. Disney in the 90s. So I'm assuming that they, they're married, that she's remarried this no, I don't know. Okay. Anyway. Um, so they have an ex- Tim Allen has an exchange about why doesn't Neil want to come in? Because he'll just say something snotty. <laughs> so Tim Allen does not like the new husband. And he has a combative relationship with his ex-wife. But Custody says that he has him for Christmas Eve slash Christmas. So he's going to go. But his son seems fine with the situation. So that's okay. Uh, So they're all going to go inside. Except for Neil. He's waiting in the car. There is a Christmas tree in presents. That is true. He did. He did. There's Christmas a... cards on the mantle. That's true. So, um, Charlie. Charlie has an exchange with Scott Calvin, his dad, about how um, there aren't very many presents under the tree. Tim Allen says, "Well, that's because Santa hasn't come yet." Charlie informs him that Santa isn't real, and so. Tim Allen's like shocked because the because Charlie's so little, right? Charlie says very matter-of-factly, well, Neil says that Santa is more of a feeling than an actual person. And so he's like, I'm gonna go talk to your mom. You just hang out for a second. Neil is impatient, honking on the horn for them to go. And then now Scott Calvin is asking his ex-wife about Santa Claus and why would Neil tell him there's no Santa? Tim Allen and his wife, his ex-wife, they have this exchange about how Charlie was getting picked on in school because he believed in Santa. A big kid told Charlie there is no Santa. So he came home to Neil and his mom, very upset. And so Neil, being a psychiatrist, therapist he tried to diffuse the situation by saying that santa is more of a feeling than an actual person which really upsets tim allen because he's like why how why was i not part of this conversation and she says because you're never around are you which just makes them get more aggressive and in a they start yelling at each other, which makes Charlie very upset. And he goes, you guys always fight. Which in my head is, well, that's why they got a divorce, sweetheart. But anyway, they try to diffuse the situation and say, no, everything's fine. Everything's fine. And then the mom uh, goes, you know, says goodbye to Charlie. Yeah, but, but before they say good, say goodbye, 
uh, Scott Calvin tells Charlie that he believes in Santa Claus and he's not a baby. (laughs) And then Charlie then goes over to his mom and says, will you be here early to in come the and morning. get me. We're talking about sunrise. You're here. Oh my god. So sweet. Charlie oh, his, his little flannels. And so now we cute. see Tim Allen looking at a cookbook. Uh, Look at the watch. Four hours. Four hours to cook a turkey. turkey. Oh my goodness. Oh my gosh. So now we have uh, on the TV this five course Christmas dinner and we pull back to say, no, that's not what you, expectation versus reality, hashtag meme. Um, (laughs) And the table (laughs) has, oh no. Everything is burnt. The rolls, the rolls are burnt. The gravy is is separated. And, and the turkey is on fire using the fire extinguisher. <laughs> that is why you have a high fire extinguisher right in the kitchen. <laughs> that flames really big, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> Turkeys are funny like that. Yay! <laughs> oh my gosh! I have to say though that that's a that is a pretty decent fire extinguisher. Yeah, I'm glad that he was prepared. Turkey's done. <laughs> and of course, all the restaurants are closed because it's Christmas Eve. So he's trying to drive around town finding any restaurant that's open. What restaurant could possibly still be open on Christmas Eve? While they're trying to find a restaurant to go and eat at, Charlie and his dad have a nice little heart-to-heart conversation, <laughs> and he starts using these like psychological, yes, me- psychological or medical terminology. He's like, "Where did you learn that, Neil? He listens to me. Sure, he does." And then he charges you for it. <laughs> and what is always open? Denny's. Denny's. Now I- I'm gonna. <laughs> it's a. Uh, and so they pull up. Uh, Oh. And Tim Allen says, Denny's, they're always open, which is a thousand percent true. Yes. And I am not ashamed to say. No. Um, because of this film, we have made it a tradition to go to Denny's every Christmas Eve for the past five years. We decided to start a new tradition. The tradition is we get in the car. Once the sun goes down, we drive around and we look at Christmas lights. And then we go to the 24-hour Denny's and we each order like the Grand Slam or whatever it is. And we get hot chocolate in the mugs. And it is fantastic. It's lovely. Um, There was... I believe at least two years, maybe three years in a row, we had the same waiter. <laughs> yes. And we sat, we always sit at the same table. Yes, we do. So we could see all the people coming in and out. It's great. It's great fun. The food is delicious. Yes, it is. 
There's a reason that Denny's has been in business so long. They know what they're doing. They know what they're doing. And Charlie's response is, I don't want to eat here. <laughs> which, which Tim Allen is very confused and says, what are you talking about? Everybody loves Denny's. So, so when Charlie has a, is like, I don't want to eat here. And Tim Allen just looks at him in a complete shock. He goes, what? What are you talking about? Everyone loves Denny's. It's an American tradition to which we go inside and the entire, the entire restaurant is filled with businessmen <laughs> having, from, from a convention. And then we go into the other dining room. <laughs> which I have to say, I feel like this is what our Denny's looks oh, like. Oh, 100%. I mean, this is filmed inside of Denny's. This is filmed inside of Denny's. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody who's in the <laughs> is, is dads who obviously... <laughs> single, single dads. Who had issues cooking turkeys. There's a guy with his hand wrapped and burnt like, hey, what's going on? Old-fashioned eggnog. We're out. <laughs> so no. there's the look. So they're out of the eggnog. There's, no-, out, there's no pie. And then Charlie goes, very politely, I'll have the chocolate milk, please. And she goes, we're out. And just so disappointed plain milk's fine oh my gosh Kira I just had a thought yeah I just had a thought Charlie the look on Charlie's face and the dejected way that he just exhales his line of plain milk's fine is that the inspiration to the little dog sitting in a room full of flames saying this is fine Could oh with this... his cup of coffee yes What's do you think coffee? that's the inspiration i i you know it's one of my favorite memes and this is one of my favorite <laughs> movies i i would hope to say whoever was the originator of that meme would say yes but whenever the energy the same energy but just so you know in our household, whenever <laughs> we are out of something and we know that the whoever's asking for it is going to be so disappointed. Yes. Did somebody burn a turkey? <laughs> that um, we usually or typically our response is whatever the item is, the alternate is. Plain milk's fine. <laughs> we don't see them eating their meal. No. I would have enjoyed it. And as we said, <laughs> we enjoyed Denny's on Christmas Eve. So uh, then we cut back to the house. And Scott Calvin is reading the... Twas the night before Christmas. Twas the night before Christmas. Charlie has his pillow that he brought from home. He skips to the end, turns out the light, and Charlie's not asleep. And so they talk about... What's a a clatter versus a ladder? There came a big noise. So 
Charlie starts to ask questions. He's basically picking apart the validity of the story of the night before Christmas. Which are all valid questions of how do the reindeers fly, and then talking about the slipstream. They're, they're weightless. <laughs> and Tim Allen is doing his best to keep uh, the magic alive and come up with reasonable explanations. So Charlie, before going to sleep, then asks his dad... Can you make sure you leave out milk and cookies for Santa? Just, just in, in case. case. And he goes, great, I'll go preheat the oven. <laughs> and, and then Charlie's response without hesitation is, don't forget the fire extinguisher. <laughs> now it's later on in the night. Charlie is awoken and goes and wakes up his dad that there's stuff on the roof. And Tim, he's like, wait a minute, someone's on the roof. It, maybe it's Santa. And he's like, ah, you stay here. You know how to call 911, right? Yeah, 911. Great. <laughs> In true dad fashion, <laughs> goes outside. Fine. With snowshoes, a jacket, and no pants. Which he then startles Santa from the roof who Santa then slides off the roof onto the ground. He does a Peter Pan. Yeah. Which Charlie then comes outside fully, fully dressed. Fully yes. <laughs> Which Charlie then goes, He's, He's Santa! Santa! You killed him! <laughs> and then Tim Allen then looks for ID. ID. Which he then pulls out a business card that, that says, says Santa, Santa Claus North, North Pole. Pole. Put, if something should happen to me, put on my suit. The reindeer will know what to do. Right. Which they then look up at the roof. And there are reindeer hanging out. And the sled. I'd like to point out that the Santa sleigh is green. Mm -hmm. Not green red. Green and gold. Do you think that's to camouflage against the nice sky better? So he's not, doesn't stick uh -oh, out Uh-oh, Santa much. just appeared. <laughs> Scott Calvin's response is, he's naked somewhere. <laughs> and then, of course, Scott Calvin is then going through his head about how this is not his fault. Yeah, because it's a liability for sure. Oh! oh! Arose such a clatter. A ladder appears out of nowhere. Tim Allen, of course, walks right into it. The Rose Such a Ladder Company. Just like the poem. <laughs> and then... T so, there's full-on reindeer. There's a full sled. And... Oh, jeez. He says, It's a gift from the cable company. We're getting the Disney Channel. Merry Christmas. Christmas. Oh, my god! And now Charlie is in charge of... Holding the reins. Here they go. And they're flying. They're flying down the middle of the street. Oh, and this actor who's driving the delivery truck, he was a frequent character on Home Improvement. So if we go down here and hit I-95... <laughs> <laughs> so they're really flying now, folks. Not for long, because they, they land, on, land the on a roof of another house. Now Charlie... It's telling his dad to put on the clothes to go down the chimney. 
So <laughs> Tim was- Allen is putting on, begrudgingly putting on the suit, which is way too big for me. A thousand malls. <laughs> Who knows where this suit has been. And of course, he brings up the line, I hope the man who lives here is a tailor, which, of course, in Home Improvement, his name is Tim Taylor. And then you have to put on the sash because it completes the, the ensemble. ensemble. Got to put on my boots. And then the sack lifts him up into the air and takes him down the chimney. Scott Calvin is wearing the Santa suit. He's entered the home. Via the chimney. He opens the sack and there are toys that are already labeled. So he begins to bring them out. He makes sure the bag is empty and of course here comes a dog. Which he then goes back up the chimney. And then how'd you do that? How was it, Dad? It felt like America's most wanted. Which they then get back in the sled and, and then go directly across the street. street to the next house. This is going to be a really long night. And so Charlie then says, do it again, Dad. Because bag, I can't. The, bag the bag's empty. empty. Are you growling at me? Also, there's no fireplace, so how am I supposed to get down into the house? Oh. Bag is refilled. There's no chimney, so he's going to go down a stovepipe. Oh. And he fits. Which, inside the house, it turns into... A huge fireplace where only there was a radiator. Which, there's a little girl that was asleep on the couch who's now awake, and she's very... Confused. Of course. She's like, why are you... Why are you so skinny? And he says, because Santa is watching his saturated fats. And do you want this doll or not? Go back to sleep. And he tells the girl when she asks him, you're supposed to drink the milk. And he says, Santa is lactose lactose intolerant. But he does eat the celery, which is for the reindeer. But he eats it. So then it shows a montage of him going to different houses and he is doing a Mary Poppins act where he pulls a canoe, a full canoe out of the the Santa sack. Oh my goodness. There's a Christmas puppy with a bow. (laughs) So they make it to Christmas morning. And when I'm wait, when I'm getting home, I'm getting a cat scan because <laughs> obviously he feels as though he's delusional. But they don't go home; they are now in the frozen tundra. Oh, and the reindeer take off, leaving them and the sleigh stranded in the middle of nowhere. Which they're like, "Where's that music coming from?" Mm-hmm. And now we see someone come out of nowhere. And, of course, a North Pole comes out of the snow. Yeah. The North, that's the North Pole. Types in the secret code. And the sleigh begins to submerge down into what we will find out is Santa's workshop. 
There are elves literally everywhere. And everybody's super busy. Mm-hmm. Reindeer are back in their pens getting food. Relaxing. So now Scott Calvin is asking all the elves who is in charge. And they're like, you are. So this is where Bernard, the head elf, bursts onto the scene. He breaks up the conversation between the elf and Scott Calvin. And Bernard says to the elf, excuse me, are we on a coffee break? We don't drink coffee. Then I guess the break is over. Hey, wow. hey, hey, uh, <laughs> oh, my God. hey, Bernard, cool your dress, man. It's Christmas morning. <laughs> like, if there's ever a day that elves probably can take a break in the toy shop, it's today. It's today. So, if not now, when? And also, do you not notice that Scott Calvin is quite obviously a new Santa? Like, do you not notice that he's very confused and obviously the suit does not fit him and he doesn't have a beard? So. Relaxy cap. And he says, who are you? I'm Bernard. Nice to meet you, Santa. And he's like, I'm not Santa. So now Bernard is going back and forth with Scott Calvin about why he is, what do you mean I'm the new Santa? What's going on? And then the Charlie is meaning Bernard. And instantly when Bernard meets Charlie, he's really nice. Which just shows you that he's a nice person, but he doesn't have patience for people who don't pull their own weight. A.K.A. Scott Calvin. He's the new Santa. He needs to fall in line. And he's giving him a bunch of resistance. He's going to help him, but he got to be on the same team. But Bernard instantly gives Charlie this snow globe. Which is very old. So now we get a walking tour. Or a walk and talk. Mm -hmm. Which also gives us a lay of the land of Santa's workshop. And we are going to get an explanation of how Scott Calvin is going to continue being Santa Claus. So he talks about how you picked up the card, you read the card, which means you accepted the contract. And so they're Santa Claus the clause. And so he takes out the card. And explains that on the business card, there is a clause as in the last line of a contract in super, super, super tiny writing on the card. It says that if you are on the suit. suit, you are the new Santa. And then Bernard tells Scott Calvin, by the way. You can leave tomorrow, but you have 11 months to get your affairs in order, and you're due back here by Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. And he's like, what? And he goes, I can't do that. And he said, fine, I'll ship the list to your house. And he goes, what list? And of course, then, making a list, checking it twice! And then, of course, Scott Calvin then 
just goes, what if I choose not to believe it? And of course, a hush falls over the crowd and the elves begin to gather and we do a cut to a sobbing baby elf. (laughs) And there will be millions of children around the world who will be very disappointed. And you wouldn't be want to be responsible for killing the spirit of Christmas. Now, would you? Would you? So the door to this bedroom is so fantastic. I would love to have that door. It's so cool. Two parts. Two parts for little people. Sleigh bed is... is a sleigh. And new pajamas that are silk and embroidered with SC. SC. Santa Claus. Or... Scott Calvin. There's a little puppet theater with Punch and Judy. Oh, here it comes, Kara. The most gorgeous goblet of hot chocolate. I love this mug. I have searched for years for a replica and they don't exist. It is a either stainless steel it's probably supposed to be sterling silver, mm-hmm. but it is a goblet, which the feet are reindeer. reindeer. Oh, so awesome. And that it's not too hot, not too cold, extra sh- chocolate, and it's shaken, not, not stirred. stirred. He says, I see it all, but I don't believe it. And Judy the elf says, seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. Kids don't have to see this place to know it exists. It's a part of them. I love the mismatched patterns of the sheets. Yes. And the pillows. Yeah. Yeah. It's very pottery barn, though. Mm Mm-hmm. So we fade down and then fade up, and we are back at his actual house. With Scott Calvin in his bed. Go make some coffee. (laughs) Coffee. (laughs) And Charlie is dressed in his clothes. Ready for the day. And he's wearing shoes inside the house. Well, you know, that's a thing that you gotta just let go. Because in movies and TV... They're filming on a work set, and you have to be wearing shoes at all times because there's electrical cords, there's equipment, every heavy equipment everywhere, and it's just for safety reasons that you have to be wearing shoes. So you just got to kind of let that slide. But, Too much of a liability. But Scott Calvin, even though he's waking up in his own bed, he is wearing the Santa Claus pajamas. And then let's also talk about the score that's going on during this of the realization, which is also what I love about this film. Charlie has already opened up all, all of his all presents of from under the tree. He did wake up his dad to come do and and then But he didn't make any coffee though. <laughs> dad, are you having a heart attack? I know CPR. <laughs> And now here's... Here comes Mom. Oh, well, Tim Allen's not wearing any shoes. He's barefoot. <laughs> the mom then compliments Scott Calvin's very festive pajamas 
that Judy the waitress gave him. Some waitress gave you pajamas. And Charlie just launches into their entire adventure they had with Santa Claus, the reindeer. And Scott Calvin then goes, well, I had this really strange dream and I must have told Charlie all about it. So Charlie's telling them the entire adventure and Neil, the the psychiatrist is like, huh, that's very imaginative. He's, yeah, dad's the new Santa. (laughs) So Charlie gets driven away and Scott is still saying it was all a dream and it wasn't real. And now we cut to a classroom (laughs) for show and tell. Where a fireman tells all the children that there's nothing more painful than third degree burns. Okay, can we pause and say that the other parents waiting for show and tell is someone dressed as a full ballerina, someone in a NASA full astronaut helmet costume, just waiting to be interviewed as they go up in front of the class and so the teacher is like well since we've just had the trauma of talking about third degree burns from a fireman maybe now's a good time to bring up the psychiatrist will dr miller come up and so he starts to go forward to talk but charlie tugs at Tim Allen and says, I want him, I want dad to talk first. And we get our first sweater joke. Yes. Charlie then does the show and tell and saying that his dad, Scott Calvin, is is Santa Santa Claus. Claus. But he talks about how he's like Santa Claus. Because he works works at a toy company. company. I do appreciate that he does have a little Christmas present tie pin, <laughs> which he didn't even have that for the, the holiday party at his uh, company. And then Charlie brings out the snow globe that he got from Bernard. Mm-hmm. So then as Charlie is <clears throat> talking about who's his favorite reindeer and no, he doesn't make the toys. One of the kids who obviously is probably the bully in the Uh class goes, so if I want to become Santa, all I got to do is push you off a roof. (laughs) Which apparently, yes. Yes, that's part of the Santa Claus. And now we're in the principal's office with Scott Calvin, the ex-wife, and Neil. Neil. In saying that we're concerned that Charlie really does believe Believe that that this this is real. So Tim Allen then proceeds to talk about... So Neil goes into psychiatrist mode and goes, Scott, why don't you tell us what you and Charlie did Christmas? (laughs) And talks about all the things that you shouldn't do with children, (laughs) like drink alcohol, play with guns. Oh. And he's like, I read him a book. What book? Hollywood Wives. <laughs> <laughs> the night before Christmas, folks. Come on. So they all agree that Scott is going to talk alone with Charlie 
and convince Charlie that this is all a fantasy and not real. So they're still, they have the discussion, but they are still on opposite sides. Charlie says this a thousand percent happened and you are Santa Claus and Tim Allen says no. This is all taking place at the zoo and they're walking down the trail and unbeknownst to Tim Allen, the reindeers have escaped their pen and they are following him down the street. So cute. And now we have Charlie pretending to lead the sleigh to Alvin and the Chipmunks on record or maybe on tape of I would say cassette at this at this point in time. He's also made a homemade sign that says the North, North Pole South. We can now see time a little bit of time has passed and Tim Allen is looking a little a little round. He is. He is gaining weight. Uh, and we'll find out why. Sweater number two. Hitting it out of the park. Judge Reinhold is trying to have a discussion with Charlie about how is it possible for Santa to go around the entire world in one night. To which Charlie replies, not everybody celebrates Christmas. <laughs> Here comes sweater joke number two of where are you going to get more sweaters when the circus pulls out of town? And now Charlie and his dad are talking one-on-one again about the whole Santa Claus thing. But I do love how both of them, their body language and how they walk is exactly the same Mm -hmm. with the hands in the pockets. It's a very interesting way how Scott Calvin deals with the whole Santa Claus issue because I think it shows how much that Charlie and him didn't really have a lot in common mm-hmm. and how Charlie didn't want to hang out with him mm-hmm. and spend time with him. And now with this whole Santa Claus thing, he wants to be around him all the time. And I think he really recognizes that and then says, let's just keep it a secret. We don't have to tell everybody. Mm-hmm. It can just be, tw- be between you and I. Mm-hmm. And he's like, okay. And now we see Scott. <laughs> he has a full beard. And, and he's put gained, on a little weight. He has gained weight for sure. Which, you know, it's the holiday season. Who hasn't? But he blames it on the mirror. Yes. And then... Thinks the scale, that there's something wrong with the scale. Because the scale hits 194. And then we see that Scott Calvin is running late for work in the office. He's wearing his Converse. He's got his overcoat and his briefcase, but... He's wearing a sweatsuit. He's wearing literally sweats because obviously nothing fits when he woke up this morning <laughs> yeah. and he makes up a story about how his dry cleaning went up in in flames and everything caught fire and all, all of his clothes are poof gone and then they're like good god your weight and he goes beasting of allegedly I'm allergic <laughs> but they were just ordering lunch and so Everyone else is ordering, like, salad with no dressing. Iced tea and dressing on the side. 
Scott Calvin, who just talked about how he's beasting, <laughs> and he's ordering only the desserts, desserts with extra hot fudge, a cookie, and... No nuts in the cookie, Kara. That's right. And then to drink, he... Big glass of milk. And he adds at the end a salad on the side, no dressing. And now we go, we cut to the end of the meal. He has eaten everything, but has not touched the salad. So they are doing a pitch meeting for a new product. For obviously what is going to be the hot ticket toy of the coming year. And we start to see Scott Calvin's take on the storyboarding and what he sees as a problem and talks about the elves. That they're too old. They should be young with silver specks on their cheeks. And he's leaving the sleigh and the reindeer at home because this time Santa's going total, total tank. tank. And that counted. No way. No way Santa going anywhere without his sleigh. He's just irrationally emotional about Santa Claus. I hope you've been good this year, kids, because they just took out the Pearson home. Incoming. <laughs> And so then also Scott Calvin talks about the problem with the toys is that there's too many parts and by the, even by the time you put it together, it breaks. And what we should be pushing is toys and products that encourage imagination. And then after he has the blow up at the meeting, he goes, you need to go see a doctor. And find out what's going so, on. Because something's happening to you. And he goes, I know. I don't know what's wrong. So now we're at the doctor's office. And Scott is on a treadmill. And now he's full, full, even more full beard. And he is turning gray now. He is turning gray. Oh, shoot. So he just tells his doctor, I've gained 45 pounds in a week. That's a lot. That is that, that is, is concerning. concerning. That's concerning. Uh, you should be concerned. <laughs> I mean, he did wake up. Yeah. One morning, and he was like, "Holy hell!" And he's talking about how he shaves in the morning, and by mid afternoon, he has a full, full beard. beard, and he's completely going white. And he goes, and if you want to diet, and you should diet. And then the doctor listens to his heart, and his heart is pumping jingle bells. And now we have Charlie playing soccer for a co-ed soccer team in the field. We see Scott Calvin watching the game, and he is full-on Saint Nick. Red sweatshirt, white t-shirt. I love how he's still rocking the Converse. Mm -hmm. It's great. It's a good look. We have a little girl that thinks that he's Santa. And she says she wants some ballet slippers. And then pretty soon the whole lineup of children are asking Scott Calvin what they want for, what Christmas. They want for Christmas. 
And both Neil and the mom are like, what is going on? They're this is literally mortified. And Neil offers him a free session. <laughs> and gives him his card. Thank you. And she thinks that he's doing this on purpose to make Charlie like him. So they are horrified and mortified and they take Charlie away from the soccer game. And now we have Scott Calvin signing for packages and he's all excited. Oh, packages? I'll just leave the door open. Which he comes downstairs after shaving to see piles and piles and piles of red boxes. What could possibly be in these hundreds, if not a thousand it's boxes? Filled, it's his whole house. Mm -hmm. Floor to ceiling is filled with boxes. Delivered by FedEx. Which the note says, here's the list. Check, Check it, it twice, twice Bernard. Son Bernard. Which he opens up the first lid of the first box with A's. Very beautiful calligraphy of names. And the first name that he reads is Armand Asante. Which I looked up. He is an actor who is frequently in mobster movies. And whenever I was doing grades for school <laughs> and Heather would say, hey, got that kid in your class this year? And I go, who? She goes, Armand Asante. And I'm like, I hope that at some point when I'm teaching, I do get an Armand Asante because I'll be excited. And now we see... Scott Calvin walking down the street and he is full Santa. He's got a green jacket, red shirt, white hair, white beard. And he's just walking down the street talking to himself as he passes by all the kids saying naughty or nice. And then Scott Calvin goes to dye his hair and shave his beard. And as soon as he finishes, it instantly grows back and turns white and goes, I'm in big trouble. Mm -hmm. Because he's trying to get ready for the custody for the custody hearing with the judge, with Charlie. And he wanted to look <clears throat> his best and change his appearance back to his normal self. But that is not happening. And then... The judge is talking alone with Charlie to get his side of the story. And Neil Neil and Laura are discussing in the waiting room whether or not this is the right thing to do. And Neil says, well, <laughs> well, Charlie's too old to believe in Santa. When did you stop believing in Santa? And Laura says that she stopped believing when she asked Santa... For the mystery date board game and she wrote him a letter every week that year and when Christmas came there was no mystery date and that's when she stopped believing now how I just delivered it probably doesn't have the emotional impact but that is the talent of this actress she gives this monologue telling you about the mystery date board game and what it means to her. And if you don't cry 
then you have no soul. She's just so incredible. And then the absolute next thing that happens is Judge Reinhold talks about an Oscar Mayer weenie whistle. When he was three. And it's hysterical. It's so funny. Because Christmas came and no No weenie weenie whistle. (laughs) And again, again, this is a saying that Heather and I use when we didn't get something or the store was out of something. And we'll open a bag and look at each other and I don't have to say anything. And whoever is disappointed will be like, no weenie whistle. And now here comes Scott Calvin, and he is in full Santa. He's got a red shirt, plaid tie. Ugh. He looks like Santa, and the judge tells Scott Calvin that they think it's in the best interest of the child that he doesn't see Charlie anymore. Which I think, it, you know, for the judge... Based on what has happened, yeah, I mean, he's not in the wrong. Mm-hmm. I mean, can we, it, uh, the sweater that, that Scott Calvin is wearing with the reindeer on it, I want that. All, all of the sweaters, all of the hats, mm-hmm. the wardrobe in this film is fantastic. I love it. And I love it. And I want every piece of it. Um, mm-hmm. I want to know where Disney and Universal gets all their holiday wear. Mm-hmm. Because again, like we said, are they going to a thrift store? Did somebody make it? Is this from a catalog? Did they make it in-house? I mean, I feel like the, the sweater that Scott Calvin's wearing, it's this front zip that has um, a weave of two reindeer on the front, and I believe on the reverse is a crest. It's like a coat um, of arms. Coat of arms with. I. It seems very Icelandic or Norwegian. Norwegian Netherlands, uh, very much so. That's how I feel. It and his mittens and his hat match. Maybe it was a set. Mm. It feels very old world to me. You know? Definitely wool. Mm-hmm. And so. Now, Scott Calvin has come by to say goodbye to Charlie, and Charlie is having an argument with Neil and his mom about how he really is Santa, and tosses Scott Calvin the snow globe, globe, which he finally looks at the snow globe and sees it come to life. life, and he instantly remembers everything and he believes everything as if waking from a coma or amnesia you mean you mean getting the list that fills your house from bernard and having your hair and your beard grow back instantly after you shaved wasn't an indicator nope you had to have the snow globe come to life all right that's okay we see Bernard magically appear. And it's obviously Thanksgiving. Yes. Because they're eating a Thanksgiving turkey, which is when he had to report back to the North Pole, as Bernard had said the year before, which 
And then, of course, they all evaporate. And now everybody is gone. And And Laura and Neil assume that Scott has kidnapped Charlie. And so now we're at the police station and they are giving a brief on... A bolo, right? Be on the lookout? For... Scott Calvin, who believes that he is Santa Claus, and it's not going to be easy because, as we discussed, it's Thanksgiving, it's the holiday season, everybody is dressed as Santa, so now we have everyone back at the North Pole working on new stuff in the sleigh, so Charlie calls from the North Pole back home and says, we're fine, we're working on the sleigh, uh... I got to get back to work. So what um, Scott Calvin and the head elves are working on in the uh, workshop, because he does have a son, they are taking extraordinary measures to make sure that he is safe. So they have designed a brand new suit for him that is flame retardant. But the main concern is what what happens if I fall off a roof and they don't have an answer for that. And now we have a montage of them working in the workshop with his new suit. And then also the police department going around arresting every Santa that we see. Hey man, this is a rental. So I actually care. That was not Thanksgiving. That was this is Christmas Eve. This is happening now. Oh. I... Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because Thanksgiving is when he got the list. Yeah, because he said, send it to my house. I can't come. Oh. Yeah. Wow. So this is all happening Christmas Eve. So, yeah. They're putting up the stockings a little late, don't you think? Yeah, well, it's symbolism. And they've installed uh, rumble seats with seat belts uh, in the sleigh. Oh, and it's a, a new sleigh entirely. Vertical, vertical yeah. takeoff. And we got a Santa lineup. Oh, gosh. So this is so cool. So now the sleigh has all these digital things and radar, all this fun stuff. Uh, uh, Santa Claus, his hat actually has a two-way uh, microphone between him and the North Pole. And also it has a CD. Compact disc? No. Cocoa cookie dispenser. Oh, and there's the fabulous two mugs. Oh, and out pops a cookie. Oh, so great. Love it. Hey, yeah, any listeners out there, if you see that mug, drop us a comment because, I mean, really, it's my white whale that I've been looking for my entire life. Okay, we're in the first house in the new outfit, new new digs as Santa. It's the same little girl from last year that said he was too skinny and he needed to drink milk. And uh, she says, you're looking much fatter this year. It looks good on you. (laughs) So he goes to drink the milk and he goes, I think it's gone bad. And she goes, no, I got you soy milk because you said you're lactose intolerant. So cute. So the entire house is staked out waiting to see if Scott Calvin will return. And of course, yes, they land on the roof. So Sand has officially been arrested and he's getting put in the back of a squad car. 
And all the kids on the street are like, why are you arresting Santa? Let him go. The little girl has a puffy coat that also I would love to have. It is a wacky, wacky pattern circa 90s with gold trim, and I love it. Someone's got to know who made that jacket. I love it. All I need is that jacket and my reindeer mug, and I am set for the holidays. And they take off, leaving Charlie up on the roof in the sleigh. (laughs) And then, of course, they have to deploy... E-L-F-S. Which, Heather knows this very well, that the effective liberation Liberation flying squad. Oh, that would be a great outfit for Comic-Con as well. It's a jumps, it's a flight suit, jumpsuit with a jet pack. That would also be a really great (laughs) Comic-Con costume. Oh my gosh. And you have to have the elf ears, of course. Love it. You could, oh, you could, for a couple's costume, you could be the EFLS and you could be Little Nero's Pizza Delivery. That'd be a great couple's costume. Oh my gosh. They they don't come from the same. They come from the 90s and they are the holiday classic. It would be great. And then we cut, we then cut to the interrogation room of Santa and he goes through all the names. The different aliases. Of Santa. Name? Santa Claus. He wants him to say Scott Calvin. And he goes through all the different languages. Hair Noel. Popo Shisho. Which, of course, isn't Santa Claus. It's from the Ed Sullivan show, A Little Puppet Mouse, that used to be on the show. And then ELFS has come to rescue Charlie and, of course, Santa. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this actor, his name is Kenny Vadis, the only ELFS who has lines. And he... I don't know anything about him, but he is giving you classic leading child actor vibrato. He brings it so hard. I love it. And he's got little glitter on his cheek and his little elf ears. He's so cute. Of course, we have a cop eating a donut at the police station. I do appreciate how all the police officers have the same travel mug. (laughs) Because the, the travel mug that was filled with coffee that the one that was on the stakeout on the street, he has the same coffee mug as this guy that's at the station. And he's like, wait, you're the Calvin boy. We're the ones that are supposed to... What? Who are these other kids? Which I feel like every kid just... Every kid movie, they got to have the comic relief where they mess with the adult, and it's so funny. And they wrap the police officer in ribbon yes. to the chair, and then they put his donut in his mouth. In his mouth. At least they didn't put it out of reach. Yeah. <laughs> so they're there to break uh, Santa out, and they use tinsel, not just for decoration, which then... The guy who's in the cell next to Santa goes, can I get some of that? And the person who 
says, can I get the tinsel? That's actually the director of the movie. Oh. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love so much. We're back at the house and Neil is making a snack and he is making pita bread with alfalfa sprouts. Um, that is so 90s. I can't even tell you. Pita bread with alfalfa sprouts was such a trend. With like cream cheese spread oh or like a veggie gosh. spread of some kind. Oh my gosh. So fantastic. Oh, love it. Then after they break out of jail, they instantly go back to the house. But the scene of the crime. But that's because the sleigh and the reindeer are up on up the roof. roof. Yes. Um, and then Scott Calvin proceeds to tell Charlie... You need to stay home because I can't be selfish and have you with me all the time because that's not fair. I want that sweater too. Like I said, every article of clothing in this film I want. Mm -hmm. That is a whole market. Mm -hmm. That Old Navy or Target or Walmart or Disney should just be like, did you like, did you like this sweater? Did you like this hat from Home Alone or from the Santa Claus? Guess what? We have it right here. And it's $100. Yeah. And I will be like, shut up and take my money. Yeah. Well, like last year or two years ago, um, they actually started going back in their archives and recreating merchandise uh, from the 90s, uh, especially, specifically um, the new Mickey Mouse Club with the denim. They had a whole denim line uh, featuring the Disney Channel uh, revamp from the late 80s, early 90s with the neon. It was really cool. I don't know if it's still available uh, because it was limited edition, but it was way cool. So maybe they will. There's still time. So over the course of the conversation that uh, Charlie and Santa Claus have, we see that both Neil and Laura realize that he really is, is Santa. Santa and this is all real. And he's like, it's pretty cool, huh? And when you married me, your parents always said I'd never amount to anything. And the best <laughs> part is when Laura goes to get something for Scott Calvin. And as she passes Neil, she goes, it's Santa. And Laura does realize that it is real. Scott Calvin really has become Santa. It's not some sort of trickery or anything like that. And so she says, I want you to be able to see Charlie as, as often as you can. And I <laughs> see Bernard has stolen the pita and alfalfa sandwich. And so Bernard then proceeds to tell Charlie that the snow globe that I gave you is magical and anytime you want to see your dad you shake it and it's like it's like a pager almost you know and he'll come he'll back come. and see you and <laughs> and Bernard notices Neil's amazing sweater and tries to look at the label he goes I love your sweater. Did we make this? 
And then Bernard disappears as quickly as he came. Yes. And Neil goes to look for him, but he is gone. Santa now goes up to the roof while the police and SWAT team are surrounding the house, mm -hmm. which, wow, that's, that's a lot of a lot of people for Christmas Eve. And Laura's just like, excuse me. No, we're good. We're fine here. We don't need you anymore. He's already left. And he flies away with the reindeer for the whole neighborhood to see the kids, the parents, the SWAT team, and the police officers. And they see Scott Calvin, Santa Claus, hover with all the reindeer and the sleigh. Merry Christmas to all. And we also see that there are elves mixed in with the children on the street mm -hmm. to make sure that Santa's okay. Which Neil then apologizes to Charlie and he goes, that's all right. You were just... <laughs> you were just denying your <laughs> inner child. And he goes, you'll make a great psychiatrist one day. And Charlie goes, no, I'm going to go into the, the family, family business. business. And he parachutes down. A soccer ball for Charlie. Mystery date for Laura. And, and a weenie, weenie whistle. whistle. Let me tell you guys, um, I, you cannot just go out and buy a weenie whistle. The only way that you can obtain a weenie whistle is if you see and meet the driver of the Oscar Mayer wiener mobile. Which is... It did park across our street one day. You guys. Okay. One year. <laughs> so the Oscar Mayer Wienermobile, you can follow on Instagram and Twitter and follow their route. And you can get clues as to where they are at any point in time. They were doing a tour. And as Kara said, we opened our door one day and the Oscar Mayer Wienermobile was parked directly across the street from our house. It was amazing. We got to go and take pictures with it and the driver gave us a weenie, weenie whistle. whistle best day and not a whole lot of time has passed and charlie already is shaking the snow globe and it's been like 10 minutes and of course you know he wants to see santa and he asks laura if it's okay for them to go for a ride in the sleigh. And she goes, that's all right. Just a quick one. <laughs> and I, I love the contingency that Laura has that it's just a quick one and not over any oceans. Yeah. And she makes sure that she refers to Santa Claus as Scott. Scott. Santa. And away they fly high above the city into the horizon and in the moon there is a hidden mickey yeah yeah freeze frame it noted oh my gosh you guys i love this movie it is so great i think it's one of the best santa claus as a main character film one of the top top it's so perfect the storyline is perfect the gags are great 
course, as you know, the costumes are impeccable. Is Santa coming? <laughs> uh, perfect. Absolutely perfect. Everyone involved should be so, so proud of their legacy. In I like how they address all the questions that a child would have of like, what if I don't have a chimney? Mm -hmm. What if we don't have a fireplace? How does Santa get down there? And, you know, it's, if there is a plausible way for a normal everyday citizen to become Santa Claus. This is it. This is it. You fall off a roof Mm -hmm. and then you put on the suit. And then you get in the sled and you know what you're supposed to do. And that's what I love. It's just like, well, you know what you're supposed to do. Mm -hmm. You're going to go from house to house and leave the presents. Well, how do do you know what presents you leave? Oh, well, the stack refills every single time you go to a new house. Yeah. And then the list. I would expect the list to be in calligraphy. Yeah, for sure. I think it would be digital now. Probably. Or like, you know... Maybe it's like more like a bewitched, magical, old leather-bound book that mm. as you turn the page, like new names would come up. Ooh, that's a good idea. You know, that, nice. that would make sense. Yeah, or on a tablet. Or, Electronic tablet. Yes. But there are many Santa and Santa Claus films. This is is probably my favorite Santa mm-hmm. film. And it's interesting when I was looking up things, they said it an article said that this is one of the few um movies where Santa Claus the character is the star where there is no quote unquote villain right character. There's no person that Santa Claus is doing battle with. Or sabotaging. It's not a good against evil or someone's trying to steal Christmas or um, something like that. It is a story about self-discovery. That's what this story is about. Who you were meant to be and the importance of family. Um, So it's really great. And I, I love that Tim Allen's character is Scott Calvin, which is... SC, which is Santa Claus. Mm-hmm. Um, he has a personality because he, it, it's, I, I think it's great. And again, like, like you said, it's a perfect film. And a lot of the movies that we choose to feature for the, our podcast, mm-hmm. we say, quote, are perfect films. But I, would dare you to find a flaw yeah. in this Christmas film because there are so many Christmas films and there are so many Santa character uh, films that have Santa as a character. Mm-hmm. I, I it's, it's my favorite. Five stars. Five stars. Would it's, recommend. It's Disney and you can watch it on the 25 Days of Christmas on Freeform, you could buy the DVD, you could play it on demand, or you could stream it on Disney+. Plus. Recommend. I will watch it multiple times. I've already watched it once now for the podcast. I will watch it again and again and again. And I have no problems with it 
Heather and I use many of the lines and catchphrases from this <laughs> film outside of the holiday season to describe what is happening in our lives. And for the most part, most of our conversations or statements are movie quotes and movie <laughs> lines. So if, you know, you interact with Heather and I on a regular basis, you've probably heard us say this. Uh, you've probably heard some lines from... Mm-hmm. The Santa Claus. And feel free to do the same. Yes. And go to Denny's for, for Christmas Eve after you drive around looking at the holiday lights. Or, you know, curbside pickup to go. Yes, true. Hash browns are great. The Grand Slam is great. <laughs> the hot chocolate is great. Oh, I yeah, I don't know why, but in those really thick, heavy Denny's diner mugs... The hot chocolate tastes different, you It guys. tastes better. Oh, god! I know that it's coming out of the machine. <laughs> I know it's not made with milk. I know it's made with water. But there's something oh. about the atmosphere. I think sometimes things taste better when you yourself don't have to make it. <laughs> Somebody brings it to you. But there's something about hot chocolate after... Or during or after going and looking at Christmas lights, mm-hmm. there's something about I'm not really a hot chocolate person at any other time of the year, unless I'm like at Disneyland yeah. or something. Fireworks, Christmas lights, the holiday season, and hot chocolate and whipped cream it just all goes together. Yeah, and thank you guys for coming together with us to watch along for the Santa Claus. We'll see you next time because this has been I'm Not Complaining. I'm just asking for you to keep an eye out for Heather and I on any festive holiday sweaters that you see from this film. Because you don't got to ask. Just buy it. Ship it to my house. FedEx it. Care of Amanda Sante. (laughs) 